Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. (laughs) That was mine. Hi, 50 Ishes. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50. Now, I feel we need to put a bit of disclaimer on our catch cry, Trish, because sometimes we very much do give a 50. We're trying not to give as much of a 50 about the things that don't matter. Exactly. Don't sweat the small stuff. We try. It's easier said than done. So even though we say we don't give a 50 about stuff all the time, there are times when we definitely do. Just putting that out there. Yes. Trying to encourage people not to give a 50 about things that don't really matter. But if you don't, beat yourself up about it. Mm. <laughs> give a 50 and move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> give a 50 and just move right on. Mm. So one of our 50-ish tribe, Helena, left a review on the Apple Podcast app and she said, thank you for keeping me company on my way to and from work and on my walks. As I navigate my way through my daily life, I have laughed and sometimes cried while listening to Aww. your podcast. I'm a smidge past my 50s, 63, and she's yeah. got here, eek, <laughs> and find your topics interesting, relevant relevant and entertaining. You are both awesome role models, not only to current Don't Give a 50s, but to future Don't Give a 50s as well. Helena, you are divine and we love that you are 63. Remember, age is just a number to us. We're not ageists. Absolutely. We don't mind. That's why we say 50-ish because you don't have to be in your 50s. And I love that Helena at 63 can navigate how to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. <laughs> it might be like since your little tutorial. Yes. But anyway, well done. Ladies, if Helena can do it, we can all do it. Thank you so much for taking the time to rate yeah, and review. Yeah, Helena. That really... Yeah, it's really touching. It's great. I love it. Thank you. Appreciate we can't it. tell you how much we appreciate it and how it helps us with 
with the behind the scenes podcasting stats stuff. So thank you again. You are awesome, Helena. The we love you. boring stuff that we'd like to ignore, but unfortunately... It's part and parcel. It is. So please keep the ratings and reviews coming. We have seen them starting to filter through again, which is awesome. It means yeah. the world. And please share our podcast with another lady who needs to hear some of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, and we think that you are going to want to listen to today's Oh, my gosh. Guest. Trish and I are buzzing. We have just finished our chat with Susie Pettit, and I don't really know if I want to give too much more away to our gang. Susie is so inspiring, mm. and I know that we have talked to a lot of amazing ladies, and I know that we have learnt so much, but I still get blown away that... I still have more to learn. I still, mm. and the way somebody can frame it differently than someone else really resonates and you go, yes, okay, I can do that, I can do that and I can do that. Yeah, yeah, look, Susie came in here, an absolute bundle of energy. She is engaging. She oh, is divine. real with the most unbelievable story. And, and we do fast track a lot of it because it would I have been here. We'd think be here with for hours. Susie too, she's walked the walk. Like she has, has uh, done. Uh, she's had some tough stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's some come of it which the we, other side. We didn't get to, Trish. Some of it we didn't get to. We were talking to her. But so we did get to a lot of it. Yeah. She's amazing. The, she has some great information on. On codependency, boundaries, difficult relationships. She has her own podcast called Love Your Life Show. She runs a monthly membership for midlife warriors. She is a certified parent life and wellness coach. She ha She's a mum of five sons, ranging in age from 18 to 26. She spent more than half her life living a life she did not love as a people pleaser and codependent perfectionist. And hit rock bottom and made some choices and boy, oh boy, there mm. was a lot going on there. What a journey. She spent the last 20 plus years passionately helping other women live the lives that feel as good on the inside as they look on the outside. So we were incredibly excited about the prospect of the chat and she didn't disappoint oh, no. at all. She was brilliant and I'm really hopeful that you get a lot out of this because I just think so much of the information is so relevant. And it was one point a bit, of, a bit of a therapy session for you, Trish, which, but me too. <laughs> I because... think I may have been taking over as a bit of a one-on-one -on -one coaching session yeah, for I my know. own. But honestly, my my brain was just absolutely racing at a million miles. I was relatively quiet. It was um, <laughs> the whole codependency and relationships and emotional intelligence and knowing when to get involved and when not to get yeah. involved is brilliant. And yeah. I think that everyone will have some relationship in their life that they can relate to that this will help them with. I totally agree with you. Anyway, so enough of us waffling. Here's Susie. Here's Susie. Susie, welcome to Don't Give a 50 and also welcome to Queensland. Yay. How exciting for you to just happen to be in Brisbane for us to record face to face. I'm so excited. It's so exciting. And it's your first time. It's my first time to in Queensland. The state and yes, Brisbane, Queensland, all of it. So oh excited. Gosh. Oh, and we're showing off a bit with these beautiful blue skies oh, as well. It's gorgeous. Mm. I love it here. Yeah, mm. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very happy to have you here. It's awesome oh, to have you in the studio. Thank you. I know. It's so fun. Thanks yeah, for having cool. Me. Susie, in the lead up to interviewing you today, I have been listening to some of your podcasts and one that I listened to was just left me mind blown mm. about your backstory, about how you got like your then to now. We often ask our guests to give us a bit of backstory, but <laughs> if you could share yours, that would be great because I was really, wow, 
Yeah. That's well, a lot. <laughs> I like to share my backstory because I think sometimes people, myself included, I'll see people and I'm like, oh, they have it all together. or It looks so mm. easy to be them. You know, we all know that us as humans, we all have struggles. And mine, certainly I have some high points of those struggles. <laughs> you have. <laughs> I'd call yes. it a lot. Yeah. And for, and our some. Fi- for our 50-ish tribe, we have been sitting in our little studio chatting to Susie before we hit record. Yeah. And there is a lot, which is why we're laughing, but we're not really really laughing. Yeah. Well, so we shouldn't be, but anyway. We're with you. We're laughing with Some, you because you were laughing. Exactly. you have to laugh. Yeah, yeah that's right, because it's right. just full on. Okay, so we'll is. now be quiet. <laughs> yeah, take it away. I was raised in a house that was very codependent and had no boundaries, meaning that I was really put in. I was told that I was in charge of my parents' emotions. I was, there were no real boundaries. And it was just be careful. Don't make dad mad. And then add to that my father. I was the oldest of three girls. My father, the house was led by my dad. Like it was everything rotates around dad. I remember from an early age being told that I should have been a boy. Oh, time and time. One of the main mindsets that I'm still working on is women aren't good in business. It was just women. And so it was Mm. all this, like from a very young age, I really internalized that I'm not worthy as I am. Like even just being, I'm wrong. I'm a girl. I'm not a boy. I'm, and so I I got into a very early stage, as many of us do, as a people pleaser and trying to, okay, dad, so I'm not a boy, but how about if I'm the best on the field hockey team? Or what if I'm the smartest in my class? Or, and always seeking that approval and yep. and all that. And so then I took that mindset and went to university and met a man that I was very much interested in people pleasing and mm. still following that role and married him, had three wonderful boys and really was following almost like a role play or a, a, it's like a movie script for how to be a good the dream and child. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't aware enough. Now, looking back, I can see how both my dad and this first husband were very controlling. Like he, my husband didn't want me to wear a button down shirt. He said they were slutty. And there were so many different things that I was like, okay, or we're not going to go out with those people. It was just a very controlled. That coercive control. Coercive control that I just was constantly seeking approval. So thinking, yep. okay, let's, and feeling wrong. Okay, I'll have to do it his way because my way is wrong. Yeah. And so then around age 32, one of my friends, one of my best friends got an awful diagnosis of colon cancer. And we usually spent the weeks just getting together, complaining about our lives, and then and then rinsing and repeat, doing the same thing. Like we'd complain mm. about our husbands or complain about the over-functioning that we're doing. And then this happened. That she so got you the, were aware of it? I, we were totally aware of it, but not doing anything <clears throat> to change it. And yep. also aware of it, but also thinking like, this is this is, how, this this is, is life. This like is this is lot. just what we're doing. Yeah. And then she got the diagnosis and that was a big wake up call for me in all ways. Yeah. And that sort of idea of, oh my gosh, like this is the life I'm living. And so I started to shift. I started to change. I always was interested in personal development and self-development, but I it was the kind of thing that I wasn't, an, quote unquote, allowed to do in my house. Like actually my spending was very controlled by my first husband. And so I would go to the bookstore and get a self-development book, but I would cover it with duct tape. So he oh wouldn't know. Gosh. Yeah. And so I'm saying all this. He was never physically restrictive or abusive. Yeah. Isn't but, that funny? It's, yeah. Oh, but he didn't do this. Oh, yeah. but he didn't do right. this. It's, it's not, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It's not bad enough. But mm. it is bad enough. It is yeah, bad enough. Yeah, but we always put it into, oh, no. But yeah. yeah. And at the time, I was like, oh, no, like this, I have, there was something in me that was like, I want to get the book, which was risky, you know, or mm. whatever. But there wasn't enough in me to be like, this is wrong for him to be able to tell me what to wear, what to read, who to talk to what to eat. Anyhow, <laughs> midlife hit and 30 to 35, I was like, wait, something was, and I started to question, I started to push back. 
as things happened, our marriage started to go yeah. on the rocks. So, we, yeah, we went to therapists. I'm listening to your story. I can't imagine. <laughs> Chippewai. Chippewai, mate. Chippewai. Well, you'd had a gutful of him. <laughs> I've had a gutful of him. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know him. No. And I never will. And I don't want to. But so this is Not why. invited, mate. Not invited. <laughs> yeah. You're not invited to the party. Nope. <laughs> but this is why I call people-pleasing people-deceiving. Because there was a part of me that was deceiving him. Like, I mm. I wasn't actively saying, hey, I want this. I wasn't pushing back. I, because of my programming, it, like, I, was, I wasn't I was physically, I was being emotionally and verbally abused, for sure. But I wasn't being mm. physically abused. So there was a part of me that was deceiving him. Like, yes, I want to be a full-time stay-at-home. It was almost like robotic. Mm. <laughs> this is- part of that is your own safety as well. Yeah. For sure. It's keeping am, the peace. It is. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I still notice it in my nervous system because I, it is very much like I was so afraid of, yep. one, a man's disapproval coming from yes. my dad. Yeah. That is what we do as kids. We yep. need safety mm-hmm. and belonging. And if we don't get it from our primary caretaker, Conditioning from we go dot. into these relationships. So yeah. I went into the relationship looking for it. Yep. And if he, if there was no approval or his anger, like that just shut my nervous system down. Mm-hmm. That's the cycle that I see a lot of women have. And I have a lot of compassion for that. Where it's maybe you ask for something like something simple. I'm going to get a self-help book. And the person pushes back in a way that's scary to you. Then what we often do, like backstab oh, no, never mind, I don't need it. When it's this, mm. and that just is an unhelpful cycle. Yeah, yep. So marriage unraveling, in that whole thing, my parents chose to support my ex. I, I understand why, because if they believed, basically, I remember my dad saying, you're happy enough, Susie. Like, just, uh, you you got the man. Like, this is you're, this is what a woman can hope for. You're happy enough. So and, his measure mm. of success was, you're married, <clears throat> you've got mm-hmm. children. Yes, you're happy Done. enough. My mom's measure <clears throat> of success she came from a very poor background and married my dad, who was very wealthy, uh, was the money. And so mm. she was like, what are you going to do? You're going to be homeless yeah. on the side of a street. And I said, I would rather be homeless on the side of the street with my boys than in this mm. environment. And so both of them. And teaching your boys that this is okay. For sure. So that's really it. What ended up breaking us was the difference in parenting that I it, like as a woman, I couldn't speak up for myself that like, OK, I want this book or I want to wear this shirt. Or, but when I saw you want to my... get the girls out. <laughs> I want to, exactly. It's <laughs> 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 so time to play Trisha and <laughs> now it's not the time to play. Start talking about getting the girls out. <laughs> this girl's in the middle of a marriage breakdown and you're story. talking about get, getting the girls out. <laughs> there was no place for the girls in that relationship. No, no, it doesn't sound like no it. to be tucked away. I would be frightened for you yeah, if you'd done exactly. that. Exactly. Oh, my God, there's no way. Anyhow, my yeah. point is that I then... Like, I was motivated through caring for the boys in my mind, which I find happens a lot with women, that when we can't yes. do it for ourselves, then we're like, okay, I'll do it for the kids or I'll do it for the whomever. And so mm. that that's ultimately... That's so true. Mm. In a bravery that you may not yeah. have otherwise yeah. when it's your babies. That ultimately, we would want women to have for themselves. But yes, you know, it's, okay, however you get there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. We, we often talk there. about yeah. this. We can let ourselves down. We won't let our kids or our friends down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. So in that... Yeah. 
Yeah. My parents, my Sided dad is very wealthy. Mm. And so his way of trying to influence me was to put the money behind my husband. And so trying, he said that he would pay for my husband's lawyer. He, first of all, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've had no job for yeah. 19 years of the marriage. Mm. So he said, he. and then also I had a premarital document of my earnings before I married that I, in my people-pleasing way, signed my first husband on as like a joint account owner, but we never deposited in that account mm-hmm. after we were married. And yep. that account had grown to $495,000. And that was before all digital stuff. It, we were married mm-hmm. in 1996. And so there was a paper copy showing that it was my initial account and my dad on video phone with me shredded the document <laughs> trying to get me to, because then that meant all $495,000 of that went to my ex because the state that I lived in, which I think it's still in the books, Virginia in America, I was the property of my husband. So all $495,000 went to him. Also, my dad saying he would pay for my ex's lawyer. So I was just left in this place. And in Virginia, you have to live. If I had left as a woman, if I had left with my boys, I'd be, I would be accused of kidnapping them and would then, if I was caught and chased down, then I lose rights to have my kids. Or if I left without my kids while waiting for sort of the court battle to come out, it would be shown as abandonment. So I would lose rights to my kids. So instead, I stayed in our unfinished basement for a year with three kids. My oldest was, I think, 13. It was like 13, 10. So we're like, yeah, I'm just sleeping in the basement in the cold <laughs> because my back hurts. It was just, that'll oh. fix it. It was not a good situation. So I am dumbfounded. And we won't get on to the, the reasons behind your parents supporting him. One thing I do want to ask is, did you initiate the marriage separation or was it mutual? Oh, 100% it was me. One of my most clear memories of my ex, and when so we went to four marriage counselors. The fourth one fired us. He said, we have to have two people who are actively willing yeah. to change. And the message was always that it was my fault. My, so after the fourth one, I just yeah. was like, this is enough. And so yeah. I did get the papers and I handed them to my ex. And one of my most clear memories is he just dropped to his knees and he was like, I will stay married to you for the rest of my life, even though I hate you. What are you doing to us? Oh, and you I put it like, so nice. Seriously, I changed my mind. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, excellent. Okay. Oh, what was I thinking, babe? Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Like, great. That's yeah. my vision of a happy marriage. Yeah, like, you hate so, me. Yeah. yeah. So eventually, the divorce came through. Divorce. You're came left through. with nothing. You've stayed in the house, so you do have to not the stay boys? at the, the, no, but the house um, until um, the divorce. And then settled. I moved out to a rental, and we then split the boys 50-50. I couldn't right. get, like, usually as a stay-at-home mom, you get, like, 70 30, mm-hmm. whatever. 50-50, and I just told myself at least that's 50% of the time that they're not yeah, under his that verbal mindset. and emotional abuse. And mm-hmm. So yes. from that point to living in Australia, yes. how does mm-hmm. that happen? Yeah, so. And that, yeah. obviously being pretty much... You know, having to start from scratch financially. Yes, having to start from scratch. It, you know, it really so what is, age were you when that transpired? Let's figure that out. It was 2015 or 2014, and what is it? And I'm 51. So 10 years ago, 41. Yeah. Or 40. 42. Like my yeah. 40s were the... <laughs> yeah. A lot. Right, exactly. So I think it's important to note to people that this didn't happen overnight and it was small steps. That's what I'm always saying as a coach. Like small hinges move big doors or small steps oh, make big I like 
that? Yeah, like small steps. And so at all points of this, like I just had to have courage and the guts for the next thing. So yeah. to hand him the papers. And then I would spend time crying for two days. And then and then it's okay. And then I'll try to get custody for the kids. But so it was small it's steps. So true. If you focused on mm-hmm. everything, right. you, can, you just get overwhelmed. Story. And that's right. And it's paralyzing. So totally. um, yeah, so it was small steps. I really, I knew from enough of my studies and I had then gone, luckily I had the foresight when I was still joint bank account with him to get trained at the Life Coach School, which is a school in America for life coaches. So I got my training. I started with all that. So that was a backbone to launch my coaching program. And I knew enough with my own years of coaching and therapy and books and all the stuff that I had hidden that I had some stuff to work through, that it it was not just them. I had stuff too. So I really spent the first, that year in the basement and then another year and a half not thinking of men at all. And actually, if you would ask me then if I'd ever get married again, I would say, hell no, no way. And I just turned inward and was like, let's figure this stuff out, girl, because we need to not be looking to men for your approval or if you're right or wrong and and if you're making them feel a certain way. So I really turned inward and I forget your question. (laughs) How did you get to Australia? (laughs) How did I get to Australia? In 2015, for my birthday in October, I decided I was going to start meditating because I had heard that was good for me. So I said I was going to do it a minute a day and I got on Insight Timer yes. and then in February I I love that a minute a day I a mean, minute who a day. doesn't have a minute that's, a day that's what I'm yeah. talking about small things yeah. like I knew if I did 10 minutes a day I'd be like it's too long but yeah. a minute a day I'm and you set your benchmark low and you, and you have to be specific small yeah. <laughs> scheduled is my three S's oh I like habit that. change yes and so I was like okay one minute a day you do it and I got started which helped me tremendously with all of the other stuff too, like yeah. the reactivity and the and taking responsibility for just meditation to strengthening that muscle between maybe feeling a feeling and taking responsibility for it. And then on that meditation app I met my now husband, which was just an amazing synchronicity experience of the universe. That's just a ripper. Oh, it was a please share it with yeah. everyone. It's well, too we good. Just, cause as one, I, I, I just was doing some sleep meditations and so I had left a review on a sleep meditation saying this one is great and then I checked back a couple days later and someone had commented on my review saying if you like this one then you'll like this one and I just saw his name and it said Paul from Wollongong and I'm over on the east coast of America. What kind of made up place is Wollongong? Like, is this guy's scamming me for well, sure. Yeah. I live outside of D.C., so there's a lot of military and government there. I'm like, oh, he just is like trying to protect oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing leads to another. And that was in February. And at some point we got off the Insight Timer app and we started WhatsApping back and forth and back and forth. And he said, do you want to come over? And I was so I flew over in June of 2016. And that is I just actually yesterday we just celebrated our five year wedding anniversary. Oh, I just wow. posted there's a picture from our first day that we spent together in Sydney. And I one of the quotes and one of the things I work with my clients on with is anxiety. And when we're anxious, we often go to what if, and then we go to the negative. What if this happens? Or what if you go to Australia? And one of my scenario. friends yes. was like, what if he cuts you up into tiny pieces <laughs> and mails? I didn't even have his <laughs> So that's where our what if goes negatively. And yeah. I have consistently been working on the other what if, which I call that one's the what if monster. I say the what if fairy is what if it all works out better than you ever imagined. And so I have a picture of us kissing 
at Manly Wharf, and it's what if, it, and yeah, I can share That's an actual picture, an actual have, picture oh. of us, and then I put the quote like, "What if it all ends up better than you ever imagined?" And oh that my is, goodness. yeah. Gosh. So when you got yeah. off the plane, yeah. and Paul, yeah, we love Paul, yes. was standing. He there. can come to the party. Yeah, yeah he, he can get Paul. You're invited to the party. <laughs> so obviously, you were physically attracted to him straight away. Yeah, I was. I, I don't know if that's... And have you got, had you guys FaceTime? We had FaceTime. Oh, okay. And actually, so you... on WhatsApp, we had done the video. And that's actually so funny because the first video he sent of me to me, yeah. we had gone back and forth on, mm. on Inside Timer. And then he sent he's, he sent me a video and he said in the in the text before yeah. I saw the video, he said, well, it's been nice knowing you. Oh, <laughs> I can tease him. So his video, because oh, he has his own story that he can talk about. But yeah. he was like in a black hat with sunglasses. And he was like... The listeners Didn't want can't to be hear seen. me, but he yeah. was like turning around. He's like, "Hi, Susie." Oh my god, <laughs> it was going so well until this point. Oh, and I was like, "Take off the hat." Yeah, no, because I just had visuals of you hadn't seen him before. Right. I'm thinking this is the world's biggest blind date yeah. across the world. He but, okay, had that so, feeling about me actually because when I came off Sydney International, you're like, yeah. I come off and I'm like, oh. like I'm totally like my family's telling everyone I'm crazy. My kids are oh. like, "Mom, what are you doing?" Oh, just imagine <laughs> I've taken every penny I have. It's, it's a big, but you got to take. These leaves. And so yeah. anyhow, and I don't see him right away. And he said that he had been hanging back having that thought. So maybe that's an Australian thought. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, bring it. Yes. I just wanted to make sure that. Oh, okay. Like, what was some... he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> the movie The Wedding crashes. Stage five clinger. <laughs> <laughs> he goes running off. I see a man running in the background. I'm like, ball. Black hat falling off. <laughs> I see he springs out the door. killed him. Yes. Oh, yes. oh my yeah. goodness. So you end up in Australia. That is just yeah. extraordinary. I know. Oh gosh, and I, Susie, after having that initial relationship mm-hmm. that was clearly patriarchal conditioning from the get-go, mm-hmm. generations work by the sound of it, how did you go then in this relationship, obviously we're dealing with a different person, but you mm. do a lot about boundaries and codependency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're interested in this. So interested in mm. how you now set up your relationships or yeah. Yeah. So what are we best to talk about first? Codependency or boundaries? I, or just I one lead to the other? Like totally throw something else in there. Emotional okay. intelligence. Okay. Great so for emotional it. intelligence. I'm just gonna hand you over to Susie. <laughs> <laughs> emotional intelligence is something we they didn't even know about when we were going through anyone listening to the don't give a fifty if you're over fifty. We didn't even know about it when we were going through elementary no. and whatever no. school. And so it's something that both boundaries and codependency, you have to understand emotional intelligence to to be able to then enforce cleanly and calmly boundaries and codependency. So emotional intelligence is basically just that things happen, we have thoughts about those things that happen, and then we have feelings based on our thoughts. We don't have feelings based on the things that happen. Paul bringing me flowers today. So if Paul, if I go home and there are flowers on the tape pot, that's the thing that happens. I might have the thought like, Oh my God! Why is he bringing me flowers? I hate flowers. I don't know what my thought my, my I would be. Paul's bought me flowers. He must really love me because okay. I'm awesome. And how are you going to feel? <laughs> yeah, great. Okay. So if my ex brought me flowers, I was like, "What did he do?" And I'd be curious or suspicious. So the feeling of suspicion or love doesn't come from the fact of the buying. The, it comes from our thoughts, and that's emotional intelligence that our feelings come from our thoughts. And so that's important then when we get into codependency. So I define codependency as the over-involvement with someone else's feeling state or life experience. So we are over, it's almost like we're having the experience ourselves or the feeling. So 
this comes up a lot in parenting, like your kid will be upset that they missed the science test and they're sad and then we're sad. Or it came up for me in my house growing up where it was you were playing the music too loud and you made dad mad. Okay, I just said I'm playing the music too loud. My dad being mad is because of his thought. Maybe he's thinking the thought, Susie's disrespecting me because I should be working on this. Or maybe I'm playing the music loud and he has the thought, oh my God, Susie's having fun. This is so great. I love hearing her like enjoy music. It's his feeling. So just the emotional intelligence work is something I can't underline enough because we weren't Mm -hmm. raised with it. And it's emotional intelligence is not like a switch that you flip. Okay, got it. I'm there. It is like intellectual intelligence. There's always more to learn. So it's just this awareness of that our feelings come from our thoughts. And oh, where are we skipping that step there to make us act possibly codependently or another? And this is where boundaries comes up too. a friend asks you to come over for dinner and you're thinking like, oh my God, I've had a really busy day. and But you say yes, because you're thinking, oh, I don't want her to feel yep. upset. That's good. Kind of, you can't her. control her yeah. feelings. Mm. So you saying, no, I can't come over. She might think, what a bad friend. I'm no longer. And then she might feel upset or she might think, oh, thank God I didn't really want to invite her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm too busy myself. But it's, mm. yeah, we're, it, it's codependent. So when I look at codependency, if you have a continuum or like a pendulum, like on one side, you have codependency, which is this, you're over-involved in someone else's feelings. It's you're taking responsibility for their feelings. So you're taking responsibility for your friend's feelings or you're taking responsibility for your husband's feelings. That almost plays into that people-pleasing. Is it almost like if I'm keeping them happy, that is a good relationship? Yeah. Is that kind of codependency? Yeah, absolutely. Like people-pleasing comes out of our thought. My happiness is dependent on me keeping them happy. And we're also thinking that we can influence their happiness. Yeah. And that's, and it just doesn't work that way. But then emotional intelligence goes, no, you're in charge of that. Yeah. Your thoughts. Yeah. And so there's one side of the spectrum is codependency. The other side of the spectrum is just independence. You'll see that in a relationship. If it's a, a marital relationship, someone will say, I'm really upset that you said this. And they're like, tough for you, I'm going golfing. That's not <clears throat> relationship. Yeah. That's like lone yeah. wolf, ice queen. Yeah. That's others. And what we're going for is the space in between, which I call interdependence, which is this, I, I use sort of two frameworks for it. Like one plus one equals three. So it's like, I stand in my power and say what I want. Like, I actually don't want to come to dinner tonight because I'm my schedule's so full. And the other friend stands in their power. So it's, it's one plus one. And they're like, actually, I'd like you to come for dinner because I love your company. And then together you're stronger. And Paul says, I want I want to go to Brisbane for my brother's wedding. And I say, I want to stay home and work. It's just it's letting mm. everyone have their own frigging experiences. That was a ridiculous example. Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to go to Brisbane? <laughs> no, I'm like, of course, you're going to go to Mel and Trish. We're going to get together. We're going to chat. But it's me. <laughs> thinking that I'm making Paul happy by going to Brisbane or I'm like it's his thoughts that are making him happy. Mm-hmm. So it's this interdependence that is I was working on a lot before getting into any other relationship because I really found that with my people pleasing and need mm-hmm. it was like this good girl oh okay like if I do mm-hmm. this then I'll be good sort mm-hmm. of mentality I was abandoning myself and it was it's just this like self abandonment of not speaking up for what I want. Amongst the women that you coach, how does this idea of codependency or this situation of codependency, how does it show up in midlife? A lot. What does it it look like? It can look like a certain, so I see it 
in two main places with if they have kids and also in their partnerships and their relationships. I think ultimately the question, I have a quiz that I'll give you guys on how codependent are you, which there are lots of good questions in there to see like how far you are on this, which is okay. We all have, we Mm. were raised this way. I did a lot of study on it and it's really movies show you this model that Cinderella makes Prince Charming happy or Mm. the books we used to read. It's all this, Mm. oh, Susie made Johnny happy by saying, Yes. To, and ultimately, I influence them, but I didn't. It's their thoughts. And we can't get into people's heads. So I see it in two places in relationships and with two places in relationships with their spouses and then also their kids. And actually, I should add a third if they have aging parents. My parents are not oh, yes. in my life right now for reasons that I talked oh, about earlier alluded but, to. But yeah. if you had aging parents that were like, I need you to come over because this is a great example. This comes up a lot. Like yep. a mom, I'm, you know, a 70 or whatever year old mom who's I'm so <laughs> bored. I'm so lonely. I don't have any friends. You need to come over. Over, the kids need to call me or the, and they're like really it's like they're making a guilt sandwich and they're just like oh here we just have to realize that you can't make your mom lonely bored sad guilt like none of that it's your mom's thoughts and her actions that are and it's not your responsibility also to fix her loneliness we can have compassion for people 100 yep. and be like mm. oh my god that's so sorry mom that's awful and what are you going to do about that but it, it, codependency what ends up happening is we tend to over function or fix in areas that then we don't allow the other person to live their own life so that exact oh, example yes. we might over function and be like okay and then we get on our kids butts to be like why haven't you called grandma or yeah. we're like we're <laughs> going to come over and play cards and even though we're sitting there playing cards we're like oh my god i need to do the laundry so we're feeling mm. resentful we're being the people pleaser mm. to our mother we're also allowing our mother or whoever the person is here to under function and not Okay. What, what I know is that That's you do not make change as a human until you are uncomfortable enough to make the change. Mm, until you have the to. The human brain, like <clears throat> the human brain, is here to keep us alive, and it has a motivational triad that it just it avoids pain, seeks comfort. It, it is just it's totally like you're alive, so we don't care if you're playing cards with your mom. Like you can be <laughs> unhappy, <laughs> but in order to change, we have to get uncomfortable enough. Like I had to get uncomfortable enough in my marriage to finally be like, oh my gosh, enough. And draw to that take sort of, action. And so yeah. for the mother, mm. the, the mother mm. who's aged mother, who's lonely and bored, she has to get uncomfortable enough with her boredom without yep. other people fixing it for her yep. to be like, oh, I'm going to go reach out. I'm going to go to that bridge group or I'm going to yep. go to the bingo or I'm going to mm. go to the instead of continually blaming her. All right. We're going to take a quick break while we all draw breath because we've got a lot to talk about and mm-hmm. we'll be back right after this. So, 50s Tribe, let us tell you about one of our little favourite shopping haunts. Sweet Charlotte Studio. So, they have two standalone stores on the Sunshine Coast. However, they have a really large online store. And this is important for all our 50-ishers who don't live on the sunny coast yes, and can't access. Like me. If you live remote <laughs> like me, it's very handy. The website itself is so easy to navigate and you may even recognise some of the models when you go on there. Yes, because Trish and I are on there quite <laughs> a lot, which is just an absolute thrill to do that. So yeah, if you jump online, you will see us. Staff are super helpful. So if you are shopping online, you can always give them a call or reach out. Also, they have Heaps of natural fibres, linens and silks and gorgeous relaxed styles that I absolutely love. Visit their website, sweetcharlottestudio.com.au to get 10% off your first order. Enter the code DGAF10. That's DGAF in capitals, 10. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Susie, okay. can I ask, when you're talking about codependency, one thing that I noticed then was with children, and I see this all the time. I'm sure we're all guilty of it at some times, but when our kids have problems and we try and dive in and fix it for mm-hmm. them, I think it's called the lawnmower parent or the helicopter parent mm-hmm. or whatnot. And it's just what somebody said to me once that really resonated was you're actually stealing that opportunity for them to learn their life lesson. If that's part of their journey, then they're going to have to keep learning that lesson. So if you take that off them, then they're going to have to go through it again. 100%. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about that now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to sound smart, that's all. I do. No, I am like, that's absolutely what happens. And I actually, my background is in, I got my master's of education and I taught kids. And then I have a very popular parenting teens class where I talk about this, that we, it's that same idea that we have to let people suffer to grow. Yet as parents, it is very hard to yeah. see people we love suffering, whether it's our mother who's lonely, our spouse yep. who's stressed, or our kid who's maybe having an experience socially that we don't want them to have. Yep. Mm. That's on us. Like it, it's the kid comes home and say they're, they're like, oh my God, no one sat with me at lunch today. And we're just like, Okay, uh-huh. but look at what you're wearing. Not that we say that. <laughs> Who was it? What did they do? What did they look like? Right, yeah. but like oh, I'm going to call the school. <laughs> I'll wait for them at the gate. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's the that's Give the, the, stink the lawnmower. The hell, like yeah. we yeah, rush yeah. in, and what we're doing Just there snap is snap them like a twig. We're quote unquote fixing, but what we're doing mm. is we're doing it from our life experience. So yes. it's and why do we have that information? Because we've we, had the lived experience. Yeah, that is the mm. and so we have to let them live the experience before we rush in. Yeah. To we can still yeah, nurture so well and support, but we don't have so to fix. So one of my favorite tools there is called stinks and handle, or if the kid is older, I say sucks and handle. And so they come home and they're like, no one sat with me at lunch. And so your job as a parent is you have two ears and one mouth. Close the mouth. 
keep the ears open, and you listen, and you help them. So this is the emotional intelligence again. They have a feeling, and they feel open enough with you to share it. So let them share it. Let them have the feeling. They're mm. like, it was so hard. It was miserable. I was embarrassed. It was, yep. it, and you're just like, oh my gosh. So you spend time, and that sucks. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that stinks. I'm sorry. Tell me more. And the more time you can actually, we know from research, the more time you can sit with them in that emotion and even say something like, where were you sitting? Like the more details they can bring to it. Yeah, I was in the cafeteria. And, oh, was it sunny? or dark, that all helps them get back in that physical state and process it. And so then if we're doing that as a parent, so we're listening more than we're talking, Mm. what you'll notice with your kid is the emotion, because an emotion is energy in motion, the energy sort of spins out. And they either get to a place where then they maybe are victim and they're like, yeah, it's Susie's fault because she did. Or they're like, they shrug their shoulders of, yeah, it's all right. Mm -hmm. And what's for snack? Right. Or they're like, or they do what we probably would have, like some of the advice, but I'm going to talk to her and I'll say, or I'll Mm -hmm. wear a different shirt tomorrow. I I don't know what, but they learn to fix it themselves instead of Mm -hmm. us jumping in. And for that, and trying to fix because it then them. what we're doing is exactly what we were saying with codependency: is that over or under functioning again? We're over functioning, allowing them to under function. And one of the main things we've seen with COVID and post is a huge rise in anxiety of teens and young adults post COVID because. And the parents were anxious too, but we're getting in and like over helicoptering and over lawnmowing because we're telling ourselves like, this has been such a hard time for our kids. So we need to, oh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. but then we're almost like making it seem like they can't handle it. Yeah. You know? And then it also puts you in this place. And part of the problem with codependency is you can feel a lot of resentment sometimes. Say mm-hmm. your kid does come home and say they didn't sit with me at the table and you don't do, you don't use this fancy new tool of sucks and handle. And so this, I'm sorry, I didn't even explain the sucks and handle. The handle part is do you, when the emotions spinned out, then you say, how are you going to handle it? Uh, and they might be like, ah, I'm done. What's for snack? Or they might be like, tomorrow I'm going to go. Or so yeah. they problem solve on their own. And now I lost my train of thought of where I was going okay. after that. But you use <clears throat> the sucks and handle. Oh, I know that you feel resentment. And so if you don't use a sex and handle tool and you sit there and you say something like, maybe you should talk to Louise or do you want me to call the school or you go in and you do the fix it the next day or a week later when they're like, oh, they didn't sit with me at lunch. And you're like, okay, did you talk to Louise? And they're like, no, because they didn't ask for your advice. So they're <laughs> she has, you are like, what the heck did I wait? Like you feel resentful. Mm. It's, and it's this, we need to slow that down, that advice giving. One of the main things with codependency I say, just check yourself and uh, before you open your mouth, did they ask for your advice? And this would go. That's such good Mm. advice because I am, I give, oh my God, I met out lots of advice. (laughs) What's my saying? Take my advice, not not use it. it. (laughs) That's so good. That's so perfect. It's really hard to do. It is really hard. Yeah. I think to listen and let them get to that handle at point doesn't matter if it's your children, your husband or anyone because I think you care for them so much. You want to rush feel in. like you've got so much wisdom in the answers for everything. <laughs> and life experience. Yeah, and yeah. you just have to. So it's my the therapist once told me to shut the F up. Yes. That, that was in a that right. was a helpful tool. He wasn't being rude to me. No, I just it is super important. So part of this is recognizing that yes, it is hard. And it's like turning to ourselves. So we're trying to fix them because we're like, oh my God, they're having a hard experience. Let mm. me help them. Yeah. But what I want you to do is, is turn to you and be like, this is so hard to see a loved one struggling. This is so so give yourself that nurturing so you can close your mouth. Because 
what you're doing when you're trying to give the is you're trying to get them out of that emotional state really fast. And yes. unfortunately, it doesn't work. If it worked, I'd be like, go for it. <laughs> but yeah. like un, unsolicited advice is usually 99% of the time not taken. So we need to wait until they get that energy out of there and then and comfort ourselves. That so, it is hard. This is challenging. It is hard to hear your mother say she's lonely or your kids say that they're upset. We're or, trying to, in a sense, we're trying to fast track them out of that mm-hmm. uncomfortable state that you mentioned before, which is what we need to face in order to change. Yeah. We're tr- and, yes. And we're trying and, to do it so that we feel better. That's the codependency. Mm-hmm. Over-involved in their feelings. What, yeah. I like saying so lovingly detached is one of the keywords I like using with parenting, where it's like you can be completely loving and all the empathy in the world. Oh my gosh, that must have been so hard to be sitting alone. I'm so Mm. sorry. But detached. It's not yours to solve. It's not like to sit back, close your mouth, let them have that experience so they get Mm. to the discomfort. Lovingly detached. Susie, what I catch myself doing is when I'm in that situation with them and I'm listening, or whether it be children, friends parents, whomever. And then you will draw a comparison potentially to a time in your life and you share that story with them thinking that it will help them for you, for them. Is that just bullshit and self-indulgent? I'm not going to tell you it's bullshit. I share a lot of stories as well. Well, I'm trying to lie, but as soon as I said that, I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's so not the right thing to do. It's totally human. Again, we're trying trying to manage our It's like it's all about me, it's all about me. Yeah, I guess in trying, anyway. So watch them. So I always like to be a detective so watch them but i would say in general no because what usually certainly if the kid is 25 or under their brain is not yet at a development stage mm. where they're like relating your experience and their experience mm. they're much more likely mm. their their brain is actually looking for the inaccuracies in it yeah. it's uh, well, yes. so oh, that, and so oh, then yeah. they get into this debate where then the whole opportunity yeah. is yeah. lost it's cool. yeah. this is yeah how about this happened to me yeah so, i know oh no but as this, soon yeah, as you see you. them going defensive that's when like it, it <clears throat> defensiveness yeah. is that first thing and it's okay back up like yeah. cowgirl yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah okay what were you, you saying you felt what this has nothing to do with my experience you're right yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced anything like this so mm. does this part of the codependency and then we talk about boundaries yeah. and one of the other podcasts I was listening to on the way down you were doing some brilliant stuff on setting boundaries and I know we talk about boundaries but I would really love to deep Dive deep. Susie, in the lead up, I've been listening to some of your podcasts and I really love your work on boundaries mm. and setting boundaries. I was listening to one and we're talking about kids again and also parents like the phones and having just can you explain your kind of framework around boundaries? Yeah, yes. Boundaries to me, the definition of a boundary is a guideline for how you want to be treated in a relationship which is very different than a lot of how we're taught boundaries, that it's more like something you're doing to someone else, like you can't do that, almost like a punishment or... Aggressive. Aggressive. And boundaries are very calm and empowering. It is. And so an example, not related to kids, but an example I use with my parents is my dad used to yell at me and tell me the ways that I was, I shouldn't leave the marriage, what I was doing wrong. And I set the boundary that if you yell at me, 
I will, and whether I was in there, I will leave the room or I will hang up the mm-hmm. phone or I will. Yeah. And so a guideline for me in relationships, I will not be yelled at. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. my dad. It doesn't matter if it's you. It doesn't matter. I will not be yelled at. And so I just said, if you continue to yell at me, I'll leave the room. I'm not telling him what to do. So I, yeah. he can yell at me. I'm like, oh, there's my dad yelling at me. Yep. Dad, I don't allow people to yell at me. So I'm going to leave the room. And it's very much calmer on my way. And I'm not mm. taking it so personal. Oh my God, look at my dad yelling at me. This is so bad. Why is he doing mm. that? It's just, oh, my dad's a yeller. So therefore or, you mm. get upset and angry. But as soon as you hear that, you just go, okay, I don't yeah. do yelling. Yes. I'm going to leave the room. I don't I'm, do yelling. Right. And yeah. it is, I'm not saying it doesn't like your nervous system isn't like, why is someone yelling at me? It makes it, it takes the personalization out of it, which then now when I can give you an example with teenagers is helpful. So one of the boundaries we had in my house, and another word for boundaries, again, I'll remind you, is guidelines. We had the guideline that you had to plug your phone in downstairs. The rooms were all upstairs. So you plug your phone in downstairs before you go to bed. All my sons, not one of them liked that boundary. Yeah, <laughs> you know, funny. I have similar boundaries in my house and get a bit of pushback as well. Mm. Exactly. Oh, Mom, I don't have to do that when they're over at anyone else's house, especially with their friends are over. Oh, my God, so I part of a boundary it's is funny because like, their moms, we all have the same conversation. Yeah, mm. but even if they don't, like, like mm. for my dad, he might be like, "Your sisters let me yell at them." I'm like, "Fine, that's not mm. that's." T- so for me, it was like, "Okay, in this house." Your phones are plugged in downstairs. And I had the added bonus that they have their dad's house. And they're like, dad doesn't. And I'm like, dad's house? This dad's is what house we do. Downstairs. And if you want to know my we reasons. We all know dad's an a-hole. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 but it's, if you want to know my reasons, yeah. I'll tell I always say that. Yeah. If you want to know my, with my dad, if he wants to know why I don't allow people to yell at me, mm-hmm. no one really as, is as interested in your reasons as you think you are. And that's where we sometimes get into trouble, certainly with parenting, when we're explaining our guidelines. Oh, like maybe we gosh. have the guideline that they can't go to a party without parents present and then we're just like because that and it's oh my that's all lost just leave it and i I heard you talk about this and Mm. what did you call it i absolutely loved it diarrhea mouth Oh, oh, that's oh me. Oh, my gosh. I suffer from that. And in my head, I'm going, okay, that's enough. Be quiet. Just yeah. all of a sudden, it comes stop. down. Yeah. My head, she, I'm going, shut up. And my yeah. mouth's going, blah, blah, blah. Right. Because another go, idea no, no, comes be in. Be quiet. And, yeah. Yeah. and you have to get it out. And But mm. so that's where it's, I think <laughs> so, I even get it on this podcast, talking over people. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I love it. No, but it is that like over explaining. That comes from a defensiveness in us. Usually from women, I see it a lot where we're like, we really are taught that good girl mentality again, that you're wrong so we need to plead our case like let me tell you why i'm right why and then we almost need to explain to the other person to make them feel better that's what i'm saying and it's like shocker no we just have to state our boundary as clear and concisely as we can that the phones are downstairs if you want to talk about we can and and then you expect the other person to have some sort of reaction and you don't take that personally either like when they're and it's just this i have a whole episode on like assumptions where we get into trouble with boundaries, where we assume the kid is going to be like, okay, mom, great idea. Or so great. <laughs> thanks for, no, but thanks when for we, protecting me from myself, mom. I know. <laughs> so glad I don't have EMF rays in my head. Wow. <laughs> thank you. And I'm 50 and I don't have brain cancer. No, they aren't going to go there. <laughs> but the, so one example that I like to say that is so helpful for we can see why we don't have to have diarrhea mouth or explain ourselves is that if you, so say you have a daughter, she's in a bar and someone puts his hand on her butt and she has All a guideline. is heaven help him. <laughs> she has a guideline that's I don't allow people that I'm not like to touch my butt. She just says, take your hand off my butt. She doesn't have to explain herself. She doesn't have to yes. say, in eighth grade, I went to, she's just like, take your hand. My if grandma he doesn't gave me like a book it, saying, this shit. is my body. Yeah. <laughs> explain good right. touches and bad touches. Yes, but it's very similar. So that's a yeah. guideline she has for, she has for herself. And we don't have to explain them if we can follow up, but we don't have to. So let me ask this question. My husband will quite often say, Trish, you don't need to explain the rule. 
just mm. set it and explain mm-hmm. it. And in some parenting stuff, they go, okay, we don't give them enough credit for being intelligent enough to explain the situation to. Mm-hmm. So I might go into that explaining because I thought that, okay, that kind of rather than gives them a sense of power and a Mm -hmm. sense of explaining why rather than just going, no, you've got no power. This Mm -hmm. is the roof. So So I would say the same thing we do when they come home with a big emotion is you wait for them to question. Okay. So it's that, say you do have the rule that they can't Mm. drive with more than four people in their car or something. You say it, you're like, hey, we have this guideline. That's like you can't, or you can't go to someone's house without X, Y, Z. And if they're like, why mom? perfect opportunity for okay. you to say. Yeah. But if they're like, that's dumb, that's... Because th- my husband will go, because I said so. And that's, I'm not saying that's it's not, not helpful, but no. what we want is when we're setting boundaries with kids or other people, but particularly kids, I like to bring attention to that we have two jobs there. One, to set guidelines. Like that is part of our job as parents, to give them something to push against. That is their stage of development until they're 25. Like they need to push against something. Ah. And so we have to have guidelines. Like we don't want a total permissive household. Actually, mm. that's a good, I talk about roller coaster bar parenting, the roller coaster bar. Yeah. Like you get yeah. on a roller coaster, the first thing you do with the roller coaster is pull the bar towards you. Mm. And if it's too tight, you're like freaked out. Yeah. So you, and then very next thing you do is push it away. And if it goes all the way to the ground, you're totally freaked out. You want it in the middle. That's where we want ah. our parenting. You don't want it too tight. Like you can't brush your teeth without that. Like my upbringing. And you don't want it too loose. Like anything goes. It. Mm. We want it somewhere in the middle. So our Same. two jobs. So they still feel safe, but yes. they've got enough room to They move. have to feel, they matter. You matter mm. to me. So you matter to me. I'm not going to let you just drive off in a car, whatever our guidelines are. But so we have, mm. gu- so first is we have guidelines. The second is that we let our kids feel their feelings. That's part of what we're doing in our houses now that we know about emotional intelligence is that it's okay. So they're going to be upset. They have ways they can be upset. Yelling at me is not appropriate. Calling me names is not. That doesn't work. That's a boundary of mine. I don't let my kids Hmm. swear at me or that's whatever. But we let them. Oh, I see that. you're. Of course, you're angry. I'd probably Mm. be angry, too, is something I say to my kids. I would probably think I'm ridiculous, too. I have reasons if you want to hear my reasons. Mm. But, oh, I hear you're upset or I hear you think I'm. Of course, you're you think I'm ruining your social life. I totally get it. We want to do more of that, like, sucks part of it. Like, oh, that yeah. sucks. Totally. Sucks that I'm the one doing this. <laughs> and I'm sorry that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't understand. Got to do now, what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. Saying I told you shuts down the conversation and can lead them feeling unheard. So mm. if the kid asks why, that's what we're waiting for. Like, yeah. why? Then to say, let me tell you my reasons. And then you expect the kid not to agree with your reasons. Like, they don't have yeah. your life experience, but that's okay. Yeah. And so the kid is going to be like, that's wrong, dad. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. You're like, yeah. I get that you think that. I totally understand that you don't, that's when we don't, that's when we use our emotional intelligence again. We don't take it personally. We're like, of course you think I'm standing in the way of you and like this fun, crazy drinking sexual adventure. Of course you're angry with me. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you go on? <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? You don't understand. But it's like allowing our kids to have yeah. their feelings is really big too, in a way that is within the guidelines again, like that you're not a doormat. I always say yeah. you let them do it, but it's unconditional love of your kid and their experience doesn't mean unconditional tolerance. So it's not like you're then a doormat. Yeah. With that, with your children and the parent bantering back and forth, I have a daughter and a husband who are very similar in personality types and they very much like to have the last word. And sometimes I find when they're debating with each other, neither of them seems to be listening 
to what the other person's saying and why they're saying it. They just want to be heard. Is there any advice you can give me to give them? Or I'm sure oh, for people, you, I'm like, well, leave the room. Leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have done that because, before. Because Even during a family game of Monopoly, I'm like, this is shit, and like, <laughs> so 100. So in relationships, and this happens often in relationships, we have a triangle. We do not want triangle in relationships. So at the okay. bottom of the triangle, you have your husband and your daughter, and a straight line between them as they're debating, and they have their certain way of debating, and maybe it's uncomfortable for them, and they're not. But when you get involved in that triangle. Mm. And maybe you say to your husband, you didn't listen to her. All of a sudden, you're adding drama. That's the drama triangle. So you're adding drama because you saying something to your husband like you didn't listen to her. He then, his energy that he was directing towards is now directed towards you. Like, mm-hmm. Trish, why are you getting involved? Like, back up. Then yeah. your daughter might, she might not have enough discomfort to have the growth curve where she learns to say, Dad, that's yes. inappropriate. Or you cut me off. She's not, they're, like, she yeah. might be learning skills of communication. And then she gets the message from you, like, oh, mom doesn't think I can handle it. So mom needs to come in and rescue and overfunction. So I'll underfunction and I'll just so mom, flatten that triangle. Yes. Mom, stay out flatten of it. Flatten the Listen. triangle. Now, Rish. if later the daughter comes to you and she said, Dad never listens, you use the sucks and handle. You said, that stinks. I'm yeah. sorry. I can see how you think that. Tell me about it. And then when dad goes, she doesn't listen to me. Say, that stinks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. Tell me about it. How are you going to handle that? How could you have handled it differently? Yeah. But, but it's like, yeah. It's what would you have done different? Is there anything you need to repair? Would you like because me to give you're the adult opinion? here? Pope. <laughs> uh, ask for permission. Would you like me to give you my. Yes. 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 But so I am mad. Like if you hold off on your opinion for a week or two, yeah. That, yeah. Because he might say yes. This is where I find <clears> with teen <throat> girls or young adult girls, they often are, they're like handing over their authority to us very often. They're like, oh my God, we don't know what to do. So what would you do? And maybe your husband also is, what should I do? I did it. But he isn't having the space to pause and think of what I would do differently and internalize that. So then in the moment, he does something differently. We just want you out of the equation. Yeah, great. Happy to do that. Mission granted. Yeah. <laughs> Bring these earphones home, put them over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you break it on inside? This is I'm going to exit stage left. <laughs> yeah. Say, this is between you two. This yeah. is hard for, I, I would say this is hard for me to see. And then one of the things I like to do, because I was involved in that, I would see that a lot with my sons and their dad. And I would just say that this is the experience they need to be having to mm. learn communication skills. I think mm. a lot of women feel responsible for the relationships mm-hmm. in the family, not yeah. only their own with their kids, but making sure that they've got healthy relationships with their fathers, their grandparents, mm-hmm. their whomever, and you always feel like you're pushed and pulled. Pushed and pulled. And also, I think, courting all of those relationships, well, yeah. keeping everyone. And that's the codependency. Yeah. And that's mm. where I'm like, w- like I want people to listen to my podcast on codependency and do some of the Let work. Let me do yeah. I will. With codependency. Yeah. Because Just clearly, codependency, I have a lot to work on. If you feel so responsible. That's It's like, oh my mm. God, I'm responsible for my daughter's relationship with her grandfather or her grandmother or her dad. Or, and you aren't. You yeah. absolutely aren't. They might have certain relationships because of the consequences of their actions and yes. we want them to own that. That's the one that's the oh honey, I'm sorry that you feel like you can't communicate very well with our daughter. But you're not taking any responsibility. You're like, sucks. That totally stinks. Yeah. And it's just and when I'm in that situation myself, one thing I say to myself <clears throat> is that this is the exact whomever. So fill in the blank, this is the exact dad that my daughter needs to yeah. become the woman she's going to yeah. be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is the exact grandfather that my yep. daughter needs to mm. learn how to say, take your hand off my hand. <laughs> yeah, whatever it <laughs> or is. You are not a boundary. Like, mm. you're, please don't comment about my body size or my anything. Yeah. 
I know I'm very quiet. I think it's because I'm taking it all in, and no, my so my brain is going at a hundred miles an oh hour my at gosh. the moment. There are little sparkles above a, your head. I still think it's the magnesium <laughs> bath that I had yesterday. Is still, but Susie, unfortunately, we are running out of time. And Patricia and I have made lots and lots of notes, and we've so already fun. got ideas for topics that we can chat to you about in a future Yay. episode. But we want to ask you our wrap-up question, which is: if you could go back in time, what would the fifty-ish Susie tell the twenty-ish Susie? I thought of this a lot because of exactly of everything we've been talking about, like advice, like if the 50-year-old Susie told her something specific, she'd probably be like, I don't want your advice. <laughs> but I do so think you. the one thing I would like her to lead to is to pay as much or more attention to your mental health as you do to your physical health. Because I spent a lot of time in my teens and 20s and 30s really focusing on what I look like, what my externally and that emotional mental health is where it's all at. That's where life satisfaction comes from. That's where my podcast show is Love Love Your Life Show. What is the name of my show? <laughs> Love Your Life Show. <laughs> we have that effect on people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you don't, exactly. But that love, like loving of your life isn't because you have the new pair of jeans or you have the fancy white picket fence or mm-hmm. the whatever I had when I had my and I was living in the house and mm. I had it all and inside I was very empty. So I would tell my 20-year-old self to please prioritize her yeah. mental health. Get a coach would be the short answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. If Look only they existed, actually they existed know. when we it's were younger, so many... we would have benefited <laughs> yes. so much from mm-hmm. having like life coaching yes. and that, that mentoring mm. and nurturing. That's why I got into coaching because yeah. I, I had gone to therapy for years, years. and then yeah. I had Mm. My first meeting with my coach, and she changed my life in one sentence. Um, And then I I was going to go to therapy, and I got out of therapy school and was like, okay. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. Yeah, Yeah, very, very interesting. I did purchase a set of the Tony Robbins CDs (laughs) back in the day. He's a life coach. shopping channel. Yeah, that's all it. I, I wasn't allowed to. Coaching in my time. No, I you wasn't wouldn't allowed, have been allowed to. to. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch TV growing up. I, mean, I don't know where I grew up. It's well, <laughs> but man. look at well, you now, now. I know. Now. We should have a picture that's because they're going to be like, this she? <laughs> we will. She's fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it from us today. We'll put links to Susie's socials and website in our episode show notes so you can access more of all that she has to offer. She is also kindly putting a codependency quiz in there. The link will all be in the show notes, so check it out. Don't forget to stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 or email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like us to discuss or if you would like to put yourself or someone you know forward to be a guest, go to our website, don'tgiver50.com.au. And while you're there, sign up to be part of our 50-ish tribe. We'd love to have you with us. Also, and very importantly, please continue to rate and review our podcast and thank you to those who have already done so. Remember, gorgeous 50-ishers, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we are all 50 and awesome, regardless of age. And living and ageing is an absolute privilege and just being awesome is our right. Susie, thank you so much. And Mm. I'm so excited that you came to Brisbane for your brother-in-law's wedding and chose to spend some of the time with us. So thank you. It lit me up. Thank you. Thank you so much, Susie. (laughs) You're awesome. Because it's supposed to be
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.